is happening now? We're about to send you back to the Rebuta! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Back to the Revuture, the show in which we take a classic film that one of us or both of us might not have seen and we take a look at it now. I'm Amber Inch. And I'm Drew Bridger. <laughs> Yay! Another one that Amber's Yay. intro. Yay! I didn't Yay. see the film though, so it's no First problem. time! First it's time! First, first time! time. What's no, first time? No, you did the intro first time. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'll edit it so that it was first time, obviously. I know, but I'm not lying. <laughs> You're too honest. <laughs> So Amber's done another intro, which can only mean one thing. I haven't seen the film. That's what it means. But (laughs) here's the thing. I haven't either. And this time it's a big deal because... Why? Well, here's the thing, Amber. I'm going to admit to you something that I have never openly admitted before. And when broached on the subject until this point, I've just remained, remained... blissfully silent about it and let people make their own judgments as to exactly what my opinion on the standing is. But I am here today to profess a gigantic sin. Okay? This is a huge deal. For you see... (laughs) Get on with it. Despite the fact that in my formative years... I was a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Like, I love Pulp Fiction. We've got a huge Pulp Fiction poster on our stairway. Like, it's a big deal, right? I really <laughs> yeah. like Quentin Are you Tarantino. Telling me that? Because yeah. I know that. <laughs> I know that you know that. You held me put it up. Yeah, I know it's there. <laughs> you were the one that hold, had to hold it steady while I measured where. Yeah, it's really big. That's a, well, yeah, it is. It is. And it's in an awkward position as well. But it's there, right? Standing yeah. tall, yeah, standing there, proud. Yeah. Amber, I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I am shocked to find that out for the first time right now. Because I haven't just watched the whole movie or anything. I've known that you have No, But I have claimed to be a very Did big... Did you pretend to people that you'd seen it before? When somebody asked you, you just went, oh yeah, that bit. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't exactly like that. It was just when they said, "Oh, what's your favourite Tarantino film?" or "What order would you put your Tarantino films in?" and I would go, "Oh, you know, like, uh, like Pulp Fiction, pretty high towards the top. Then maybe Kill Bill, and then maybe this one." They're like, "Yeah, but what about Reservoir Dogs?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Reservoir Dogs, obviously. I mean, you know, that's that's up there. <laughs> that, that's definitely up there. You know, that's definitely up there on the chart of ones that I haven't seen." Uh, and I would just kind of, kind of go, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I, I like Reservoir Dogs, of course." Mm. Can't believe you would lie so much. I know. I have this entire time been a gigantic liar. <laughs> what else are you lying Fake about? Fake fan. Is that beard not real either? No, the beard's definitely real. Oh. I've tried pulling it off. It's it's on there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very much on there. I mean, here's the thing. It's not that I haven't wanted to watch Reservoir Dogs. 
it's just that really, I've always it's not even long so out of all of the no. Quentin Tarantino films that you could have watched and spent time on this is the easiest <laughs> yeah it's just that I've always felt like it needed full attention it needed to be fully appreciated and I've never really done that you mm. know I think everyone can universally agree that Tarantino's maybe least well-received film is Jackie Brown. Oh, okay, yeah. Because, you know, I don't know... Yeah, I haven't seen that. I've heard yeah, of it. I haven't watched it, though. I don't know a single soul that rates Jackie Brown among Tarantino's higher films. Like, I don't know a single person that does that. And we might get some messages coming in. I mean, I don't exactly want to use the term flooding in because I don't think I don't even think it's going to be that case but we might get a few people going like well actually I, I think like that I like Jackie Brown I thought it was better than Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 no one thinks Jackie Brown is better than Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 no one thinks that grow up if you if you think maybe that Jackie, Jackie Brown does here's a hot take <laughs> for you here's a here's, Jackie Brown loves Jackie Brown Jackie Brown don't take none that's why yeah Here's a hot take for you. If you think that Jackie Brown is... Uh, and Okay, this is coming from a very biased perspective of someone that has seen Kill Bill, but not Jackie Brown. If no! You, <laughs> how can you even say that? If then? you Stop rate talking. Jackie... Stop if you talking. rate Jackie Brown higher... You haven't even seen it. You haven't I'm not allowing this. All right, okay. I was going to say something controversial then, but you've stopped me from yeah, saying something. but how can something. you say something controversial when I haven't even seen the other film? That's why it's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it no, controversial. No, you're not to say that. So, there we so go. that's two out of Quentin Tarantino's films that you haven't watched, even though you said you're a fan. Yeah, but also, I think if you call... If you're saying you're a Quentin Tarantino film and people go... <laughs> if you're go, saying you're a Quentin Tarantino if you say you're, film... <laughs> If you say you're a Tar- you, if you say you're a Tarantino fan and no, you go, oh, but I haven't watched Jackie Brown, I think a lot of people would go, oh, well, well, yeah, well, well yeah, there you go. I like, the, I like the first one better. If you're telling people you're a Quentin Tarantino film, if you're telling people you're you are a Tarantino film, you got I problems. Mean, what what hasn't he made a film of yet? You know, this film didn't have any feet in it. Oh, oh my God, you're right. <gasps> Wow, yeah. No, I didn't think of that. It had a woman when that woman got spoiler yeah. spoiler alert. When that when that woman got shot in the car, she like fell backwards so her feet were like up in the air, but there weren't they weren't bare no. feet. So it doesn't really no. count, does it? I yeah, I think it's because it was just a full cast. There wasn't of really dudes any women, yeah. In this. That's why. That's why. Yeah. So as we start with every episode we get the person that hasn't seen the film to tell us what they thought the film was going to be about. So do you want to go first or shall I? I'll go first. Okay. Time's a lot shorter. What did you think Reservoir Dogs <laughs> was wow. going to be about? I feel like I haven't even introed this because I when didn't I even said... list the year or say that we hopped in our way back machine. Because, I mean, this was only, like, early 90s, so we haven't even hopped it that far in the Wayback Machine. But, ladies and gentlemen, fair listeners, today we are talking about Reservoir Dogs. There we go. I feel like I've done okay, it Okay, good. So I thought... I don't... Well, <laughs> I said to you earlier, oh, I don't have anything to write down for this. I've got no idea what this is about. No. It's just some blokes in it. 
It's just some like, blokes in it. Blokes, it's just some blokes. It? It's just some blokes. I don't right. know. It's, you literally <laughs> said it like that as well. Uh, you know, it's just it's just some dudes. Just a bunch of dudes, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's just a bunch of I mean, guys just I guess, messing about. I guess. I. It was from 1992, by the way. Right. So... I knew that it was a group of guys and I knew that they had their Mr. Pink, Mr. White, those names. Yeah. And they were doing some kind of naughty work. And there was a torture scene because I knew the song. Mm. Um, and so when that song came on, I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> song is now synonymous <laughs> with that scene. Yeah. So I'd seen, I hadn't seen exactly what happened, but I'd no. seen the guy dancing around a little bit. Um, and then I'd seen the bit at the beginning where he's in the back of the car screaming like I'm gonna die yeah that sort of thing. yeah but that didn't really give me any no. story or anything no. so that didn't no. really help um, I think yeah. even if you didn't know what the film was about you would know the scene where he's dancing around the guy and he cuts his yeah, ear off yeah because I knew he cut something off but I couldn't remember what it was and I was just I could <laughs> the only other scene that I had the only other scene I'd seen from this prior to watching the whole film for the first time was the diner scene at the start yeah. With Mr. Pink going on his monologue about his yeah. massive diatribe about tipping and the reason that I had seen that is So you could tell people that was your favourite part of the movie if they asked you if you've seen it or not. Well, yes, that. <laughs> Obviously that reason, yes. 100%. I'm only joking. I'm only I know, joking. I know. But the reason that I had watched that scene was because it was a class that we were doing in screenwriting. Oh, where okay famously it's been said that one of the hardest things to write is yeah. two people sat across a table having a discussion like natural conversation natural conversation right that's one of the hardest things to actually write and yet tarantino and my other favorite film my other of my two favorite filmmakers i have more than two favorite filmmakers <laughs> but my other favorite filmmaker kevin smith right yeah. Famously, those are two things that they are both synonymous with doing really, really well. Yeah. So, yes, it is a hard thing to do because only a few people can really kind of pull it off. But we had watched that scene as an example of how to do it right and go, this is, right. you know. And it doesn't exactly flow like natural it's a conversation. Bit. It's kind of, yeah, it but is. that's okay because they don't actually really know each other. So it is natural for the situation. So you think, oh, this doesn't right. look like hugely natural. Or like if me and you were sitting down talking with each other, it doesn't look like that. But that's because they only really just met each other. Yeah. So it's as natural as it can be in that group of people at that time. Right. And it is the first of what will go on after this film got made to be part of the whole Quentin Tarantino extended monologue scenes. Because he always yeah. has them. But this in one his wasn't films. too bad. No. No, no, no. It wasn't. Not at all. And I kind of, being a waitress, I obviously don't agree with him saying that he wouldn't tip because that's annoying. <laughs> but. 
Having had a having had a career in waitressing, a career in waitressing, a, co- a previous so, career in waitressing, because they were kind of being loud and annoying, and it would have been annoying to serve them. So I think she should have got a tip. For it. But anyway, <laughs> I do get his point of like the people in McDonald's serve you food as well. Why don't you? Why don't we just tip them? And I know he's saying it in a sarcastic way, but yeah, why don't we? Do, why yeah. he like he got me thinking about it the complete opposite. So yeah, I was like, like, yeah, why don't, yeah, okay, let's do that then. Yeah, like, well, let's start. <laughs> well, let's let's do start that. doing that. <laughs> do people in McDonald's make enough? Because they advertise it. They do, they do okay, though. They, they do all they're right. Mad. I'm not saying that's amazing, but what I mean is I think McDonald's do actually look after their people. People look down on people that work in McDonald's or fast food restaurants, but they get paid okay. It's not... Yeah. And it's not a bad job. You're working. It's better than sitting not around working. doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Working is better than not working. I think so. Yes. Well, I mean, if you could get paid for not working, I mean, you'd be on benefits. That's different. <laughs> That's different altogether. We won't go down that road. But I know what you're saying. We should. Oh, maybe like, we should. Delivery driver. I, d- I don't know if you can say more or less, yeah. but he does less to do with your food being made no. than the people at McDonald's serving you the food and making the food, right? Still bringing it to you. But, I know, but I tip him, though. Yeah. So that's oh. what I mean. So why aren't we tipping the, the person at McDonald's behind the counter that's actually giving me the food? Inside <laughs> a tip, if you tip the delivery drivers, they will definitely get to you quicker. If you tip them £2, they'll break the speed barrier. Well, I gave one to <laughs> They'll They'll, they'll, cre- they'll be, a, be creating muck cones behind them I to gave, get to um, you. I gave £2 to somebody the other day, but because it was a Friday night... It was really busy, so it didn't really make much difference. But he did turn up with a big smile on his face. <laughs> he wasn't any quicker, but he was happy. <laughs> he was very happy about it. It wasn't his fault, though. I don't no, think. I obviously. Really but anyway. I tipped a, a delivery driver a pound the other day, and I think they got to me within 20 minutes oh, <laughs> of making the order. <laughs> I felt bad because he was working on a Friday night, and I was like, oh, I feel bad. But I, think, I think I was a lot closer. I think, I yeah. think, yeah, 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 yeah. They had to yeah. make a few stops before they got to me. Oh, yeah. I would have prioritised the person that gave me the £2 tip. I would have started with you. Maybe they gave £3. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, know. there we go. Now you're thinking. No, they probably just went past the people that were closest and then did it that way. I mean, the question here is, what's an adequate amount of a tip to give someone in McDonald's? I think McDonald's. £2 for, oh, in McDonald's. Yeah. Well, if it should be... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Because what's 10% of six, 10% of six of McNuggets? Meal, if it should be 10% of your meal, it'd be like... Yeah, what's 10% of a Happy Meal, you know? Yeah, like... Oh, Aren't a Happy Meal's, like, still two pounds? No, I don't think No? So. But if you got a meal for, like, an actual person, it was, like, five ninety nine or something, so it's, like, six pounds, basically. Can I ask, when did Happy Meals stop being two pounds? Am I showing, am I showing my lack of knowledge about... When were about... they two pounds? I distinctly remember Happy Meals being two pounds. I distinctly remember there being an entire advert, like an ad campaign based around the fact that they were two pound. No, nothing's ever, <laughs> nothing's ever exactly. No, not exactly two pound. No, they were like one ninety nine. There was a, the ad campaign was a kid and he had two one pound coins. And he went oh, out yeah. and he got the Happy Meal and he put the one penny back in the back in the little tray. I remember that. I distinct. So let me. Ask, when did they stop being two pounds? Um. <laughs> More to the point, how much are they now? Because if a happy I'm meal is no, I think it's. I think it's two nine nine. That doesn't make me very happy at all. <laughs> what two pound? You can get a meal for two pound ninety nine. 
cooked. So yeah. someone else has cooked for you. Yeah. And you don't have to wash up afterwards because you can just throw it away. Yeah, but it's only four nuggets, isn't it? Not six. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> it's for a child. <laughs> yeah, they're not, not, they're, not, they're not doing the vegan nuggets anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Anyway, uh, an appropriate amount to tip McDonald's workers. <laughs> like, yeah, 10% of whatever you've spent. I don't know. I guess it depends on what your regular McDonald's order is, really, doesn't it? <gasps> the price of a Big Mac in 1974 was 43 pence. Awesome. Which is, in the 70s, equivalent um, to £3.91, like, today. But right. that's still a lot cheaper, because now they're, like... So if, you're getting a, so if you're getting a Big Mac, right, 10% of that is 30p. Oh, thanks for that tip. Yeah. Yeah, you might as that's well what just. I mean, there's no point. I mean, just if give you give them gi- a pound or something. Yeah, if you give it, if you give them a fiver, but and just put like, say a fiver. Well, if you're oh. paying, if you're paying with a fiver, you I might as you well a go. Tip. Just the chain, just hang on to the change. That's what I would be doing. I would, I don't mess around with no change. No, I probably wouldn't either. The sad thing is, people pay by card now all the time. Yeah. I don't ever remember the last time I actually paid with something with money yeah I, <laughs> I don't I, even remember well I haven't even been into a McDonald's in like over 15 years no, so I this is a null and void conversation I, for I me I don't mean but, McDonald's I mean yeah. in general where I haven't been anywhere where I've paid with cash money for ages like a really long time so what did you think of Reservoir Dogs um yeah I thought it was good cool well thanks for coming <laughs> to the show guys <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what else to say like I like he's entertaining and I yeah I don't know I preferred that it was shorter yeah because a lot of his films could be really long like I kind of I haven't really watched Kill Bill and I kind of tried to watch some of it and I thought oh do you know this is really long see I really like Kill Bill yeah I, I, I even then I don't think Kill Bill is my favourite of his films because when we went to see Hateful Eight didn't we we did and that was really that was really long. We were in one of the few showings of that, though, that had an intermission in the middle. Yeah. We had a 15-minute break in the middle. And you know what? Which I was, was so like... thankful for that it break. It was strange, though, because the first half and the second half were, like, two completely different films. Yeah. And I don't know... And I think having the interval in between was probably a good thing. I don't know whether it broke it up too much and I, and I felt like I just sat down into a different film and I got a bit I don't know but I well, liked both halves of them the thing but is they were just very different in Hateful Eight they, they make the intermission part of it because do you remember when they came back they said in the previous 15 minutes this is what happened Right. and you go no, oh my you, god they've that, just made it out that stuff that, carried on happening in the last but you said that minutes. we were the only people that had the interval I think well, we, we were, were we were one of the few showings that had an so interval. I think it was selected showings that had intervals in them. So what would happen? I think it would just cut straight to it. I think it would cut to black and then it would be like 15 minutes later. Oh, that's unusual. Then... Wouldn't it be better for the experience if you just had the interval instead? Because it was only 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I, it, it was 15 minutes. I was actually, like I said, I was genuinely thankful for that because I got up, I walked around. I don't remember getting, I, I went remember to the, went to the I bathroom. I, I went to the bathroom. I definitely went to the bathroom yeah, and then I, I came back in. The only thing that I think would have made my experience of Avengers Endgame even better no. is if that had an, inter- an intermission in the middle. Sometimes you just need to just 
bosh it out. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that. But I think if there had been an intermission in the middle where I could have run out, gone to the bathroom, run back again, and not gone... Not missed anything. Not, know that I'd not missed anything. Yeah. That would have been yeah. ideal. But <laughs> yeah, Hateful Eight was really long. Yeah, I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think how long that was. It was well over three hours. It was really long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even longer because they stopped it halfway through. I easily the longest film I've seen in a cinema, and that's including all of the Avengers Endgame films. <laughs> <laughs> for, some re- for some reason, I always think that Pirates of the Caribbean is like the longest. It it wasn't film even that long, and it wasn't the thing. even. That- not the first one. It was like the third. No, the third was one. The third or fourth one or something. The third one's only two and a half hours. <laughs> no. It is. There's got to be one that's like three hours. No. I feel like none of them are. Before. I guarantee you. Um, yeah, I guarantee you is, none of them are three hours long. Hateful Eight is three hours seven. Yeah, so Avengers Endgame is uh, is three hours, pretty much bang on three hours, I think. I think yeah, it's so... three hours and two. Yeah. But yeah, three hours, seven minutes. It was a good film, though. It was. It was great. I personally think that for Tarantino films, I was see, I was bang on three minutes two. Three hours two. Th- three hours, three <laughs> minutes two. Three minutes two would have been a lot easier. That yeah, you're watching that at like <laughs> thirty-two times yeah. speed. It's like oh, there's Captain America. Oh, there's Iron Man. Oh, there's Captain Marvel. Oh, there's Thanos. Oh, he's got and the he's shield. Said, he's got the shield. Oh uh, no. Oh no! Now it now he's it's got over. Got a hammer. <laughs> That's that's how quick it is. I would have loved it. Just inject it straight into your eyes and you get it all in one go. Straight into your (laughs) eyes. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, as far as Tarantino films go, I still think that Pulp Fiction is is up there. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my personal favourite. Ah, yes, yes. I I knew that. I just really liked it. I couldn't get over it. I really liked... Inglorious Bastards. Oh. And I know that that that's a very odd choice because the thing is, a little bit like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Inglorious Bastards plays with history quite heavily. It takes a lot of liberties in that film. But I did really like it. And I I, I think I mainly liked it because of how good Christoph Waltz was in it. Oh, okay. Was Brad Pitt in that? Brad Pitt was in it yeah, as well. George Brad... Clooney. Um, no, <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think you're thinking of um, a different film. Yeah. Monuments Men, I think you're thinking of. No. Or Ocean's Eleven, maybe. I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, you're mixing up Inglorious Bastards <laughs> with Ocean's Eleven there, I'm afraid. I'm very sorry. <laughs> They're no, two I'm very, not. very different films. No, I'm not. No, I think that, that as far as this goes, it's strange for me watching this film to look at everyone and go, wow, like, you know, Tim Roth looks so young there. And Tim Roth is playing like... I think Tim Roth is meant to be playing someone who's like maybe 20, mid-20s-ish or something. this was nearly... This would have been 30 years ago. So if he's in his 50s now, he would have been in 20 then. Yeah. Okay. So that I mean, I guess that makes sense. I didn't really do the maths on that. I thought Tim Roth was a little older than that. I mean, well, maybe he is. But yeah, it's it's weird seeing 
Tim Roth so young. It's weird, in a way, seeing Steve Buscemi looking... <laughs> Just that. It's weird to see It's Steve weird to see Steve Buscemi looking. <laughs> yeah, no. No, uh, <laughs> not looking. No, looking. Stop before that. Yeah. I mean, looking... I feel this like is going to sound harsh. Looks the sa- I feel like he always looks the same. <laughs> this is, he doesn't get any better it, or any worse. It's no, just the same. No, but it feels... I was going to say in this... Now, hear me out on this. Looking relatively regular, you know? <laughs> he just... In this, he looks like a, a pretty yeah, he regular dude. Yeah, he wasn't wearing um, lipstick or anything. <laughs> No, not that he does in like anything he does else. A, yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. But, I, I mean, in this, he looks like a relatively regular guy. But when you watch something like Con Air... Oh, yeah, he's And you see him in that, he <laughs> looks like mental. an absolute nutcase. Yeah. Right? He I've, was the guy, though. He, did keep, he kept saying, I'm trying to be professional. I'm the one that's trying to be professional. I'm being sensible. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. He was. He was. And I actually think that facial hair suits him in a way. I think that facial <laughs> hair makes him look makes him look more regular. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's Harvey Keitel. He was really was good. Great in this. Yeah, and he looked he looked a lot younger than I imagined. <laughs> I think it's only because when he when he grew up and became yeah. the man of the direct line adverts, he um, started because he was grey. I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just because he was grey. And you can tell really that this is Tarantino's first real venture into feature filmmaking because everything about this screams indie budget. Yeah. This is this is up there yeah, with. Yeah, because they had what? What did they have? Like three, four locations. Four locations. Yeah, <laughs> and one of them was literally an empty warehouse. Yeah. Which they probably just went. Can we use this for three days? Yeah, because even when they were outside, and like when you saw that woman get shot and all that sort of stuff, that was just round the behind back. the warehouse. <laughs> probably just round the back of it. Yes, yeah. absolutely. He ran through 100%. a street, and that was it. Yeah. We interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool, you're interested? Interested. Excellent, I'm glad you said that, because Greenbird gift baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customizable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savory, and mixed baskets, as well as picnic boxes, and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber, they can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Review sent you, yeah? 
And now, we return to your regularly scheduled programming. Speaking of, do you want your first uh. bit of... <laughs> I mean, if you really don't like it that much, then we I'm don't have to do it. I'm not doing the tune. I'm not doing the tune. Are we done with the tune? Yes. All right. Not okay. doing it anymore. All right. Okay. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This is where the the jingle for trivia time officially <laughs> died. Yeah, because got shot in the gut and is out bleeding on the floor. Sometimes I do the trivia time jingle, and the trivia isn't worth the time. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, maybe that can be the name of the segment. Is the trivia worth the time? Okay. What happens if it is? If it is worth <laughs> the time. We get a massive thumbs up. Oh. <laughs> and if it isn't that's, worth that's, the that's time... Massive thumbs up, that's great when you're on yep. the podcast with only, only audio. We just <laughs> announce that we're doing thumbs up and the audience have to take our word for it. The listeners just have to go, I'm going to assume that they are doing a thumbs up. Okay. If it's not worth the time, it just gets a massive fart noise. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and the listeners can decide whether the fart noise is real or not. Whether I've just been brewing it up, holding it in for the whole time. Wishing that somebody <laughs> would do something Wishing. that was terrible that you could fart on it. Exactly. So, here's some Reservoir Dogs trivia time. Okay? Is the trivia worth the time? The film's budget was so low that many of the actors were asked to simply bring their own clothing as wardrobe. Most notably, Chris Penn's track jacket. The signature black suits were provided for free by the designer based on her love for the American crime film genre. Steve Buscemi wore his own black jeans instead of suit pants and Michael Madsen wore a jacket and pants that came from two different suits. I didn't. I didn't even laugh that hard when we were talking about Gremlins. And we. <laughs> I was crying. We had that. dang it, dang it, the Gremlin. <laughs> Man, wow. I mean, that was really well timed. Thank you for that. Thank you. I thought it was going to be louder. Yeah, your phone's not very loud. No, I had the volume turned right down by accident. Oh, did you? Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, that was. We can call that one a silent that one. That kind of. Did, could you hear it though? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that could be passed off as like more realistic. Yeah, may- yeah. Well, we'll let you decide. Because <laughs> it wasn't as loud, was... you know. <laughs> no, that was that, that trivia was actually okay. I just wanted to put that fine in there because you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. It was weird because I couldn't remember who it was, but I thought at one point I was going to say he's wearing jeans. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't even it was, notice. Uh, but in my head, I thought it was Harvey Cartel that um, was wearing jeans. Yeah. I got mixed up. But yeah, I was like, he's, he's wearing jeans. I didn't even you could notice. Tell they were, they, you could tell they were denim. Yeah, right. And that's, and again, that's how low budget this film was. The yeah. credits on it looked like they were done in freaking, <laughs> like, Microsoft Paint. PowerPoint. Yeah, PowerPoint <laughs> credits put on it. And They spent know, all of the money on the music, probably. 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 The fact that they got hooked on a feeling. Oh, yeah. 
which was no, I didn't. It wasn't on for very long, though. Was it? No, it wasn't on for very long. No, it wasn't. And I've got to admit, I was surprised that that song made an appearance. I didn't know that that was on the soundtrack of this. That no. Hooked on a Feeling turned up. It's because it's the sound of the seventies that he was listening to. It is. It is. It's just other things about it just seem so low budget. The fact that the whole film is so dialogue driven and not action driven yeah you know you see this whole heist thing that's gone down yeah. and it's only ever described yeah. it's never actually shown him running away from it don't yeah you? and i think you see people fire guns on three different occasions in the film and even then when they do fire them they literally empty the entire clip yeah there's quite a lot of shooting yeah, but it's only concentrated into like well, very, very know. quick moments. Well, all the moments. police were shooting quite a lot, and that happened twice. And then they shot everyone in the warehouse a couple of times. Happened quite yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So there, I, I reckon that for all of the shooting scenes, they had to do them all on one day because yeah, you know that I've was the heard. only day that they could get the weapons person in for it. Yeah, that's it, how low budget I reckon this was. It wouldn't but. have been this one, obviously, because it was too early. But I've heard stories that Tim Roth said because he's been in quite a lot of Tarantino films now, hasn't he? Quite a few, yeah. Um, so like he's just he's just buddies with him now. So he was saying that um, when you go to a Tarantino film, he has to, there's like he's got a swatch of blood colours. There's like Quentin Tarantino's hundred blood colours or however many there are. Um, and he <laughs> says, okay, we're doing this scene today. Get me number one two five, and they'll bring in that colour red to use for the blood and. Oh that's my god! <laughs> yeah, that's so. I don't weird. know how many variations there are of it, but I've heard that that's what he said. That's so weird. Yeah, he must because really this one, know. Them. In this film, he's like, it was all the same red. It's like really red. Yes. But... Yeah, yeah. It was like really bright red, almost like, like unnaturally red. Except yeah. for when you see it in big pools. Yeah, of and then it, it looked quite dark. And so then I mean, it so that looked, might have been yeah. different. And he, he's got, yeah, so he's got different colours of, of blood to use for different oh, things. Man. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's, that's a bit strange. Why? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's, it is strange, but it also shows dedication to the craft, Yeah, because it guess. makes me think that, like, if you have a head wound, it's going to be a different colour to a leg wound because it's more concentrated. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think we need to address the fact that Tarantino likes to put himself into his own films. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've, that's the first film that... I, oh, no, yeah, he was in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. He was in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he turns up in a few other ones that he's made. I think he always has a little bit of a cameo in some Yeah, because he, he can't have been in the most recent ones because he wasn't... I don't remember being in Hateful Eight because it was only no. those same people that were in that house. And again, Hateful Eight, all pretty much the one location. Yeah. It's what It works, though. It does. Like, even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's a long film and they're supposed to be going around all over the place, but there's not even that many in there. You see both of their houses, well, caravan and house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're two houses in the caravan and then she goes to the cinema and then it's kind of basically behind the scenes a bit. Yeah, and there's, then he goes to the like ranch. There's the an extended bit of the, yeah. uh, the um, Manson yeah. ranch. But it's not, it's, it's not a huge... For the amount of time that you're watching it... It's not a huge amount no. of places. No, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. I think the one that 
maybe I, I think out of his films that have been the most ambitious with locations and things like that have been Kill Bill, which was very kind of high concept, I think. Inglorious Bastards because of it being the time setting that it is. And the same with uh, Django Unchained. Yeah. As well. But oh, even yeah, then, he really hurt his hand on that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, yeah. you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great scene as well. <laughs> <laughs> and do, do you think, right, that when actors go full ham and they do something like that and they hurt themselves in the scene do you reckon that there's like an obligation to use that take yeah because they've yeah they've put their work into it like how would you feel if you but that that shows the mark of him though he hurt himself and he just kept going if i hurt myself i'd go ah And that would be really stupid. Sorry, sorry, can oh, we, we can't use that. Can we, can we cut there? Can we cut there? Sorry, it's just I've really... You don't yell cut, I yell cut. You keep no, going. No, I've got a cut. <laughs> no, I have a cut here, I now. Know. I mean, maybe I'm, t- I'm too, like, maybe I'm a bit too stubborn when there's loads of people watching me. I just want to pretend that I haven't done it and it's fine. Um, yeah. But there's got to be something that makes you flinch a little bit if you I don't know. Yeah, because I know what you're like when you hurt yourself. <laughs> you're just like, I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> if there are other people there, if I was in on my own, and I'd probably be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I get a paper cut, and I'm like, oh, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you know what I'm like. Anytime I even like stub a toe. <laughs> I, that is the bad, language. That is, that, no, but that is really annoying. <laughs> Stubbing a toe, like that stepping so on a annoying. plug. Normally, like if you <laughs> if you stub a toe, you're like, okay, fine. It is kind of painful, but it's really it's like it's more angry than pain. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I do so though. Annoying. That's what I do though, and I start cursing. I know, but it's really annoying. So much. I'm I'm like that anytime I get hurt. I my immediate my immediate go to is to just swear yeah, as loudly proven, as I can. It's proven that you swearing heightens your pain threshold. It, that and is it can, true. It makes you feel better because it's something in your brain. That's, that's true. Released. That's they've scientifically proven that. But yeah, I think part of my <laughs> mentality behind it is that I've hurt myself and now I'm going to make it everyone else's problem as well. <laughs> classic yes <laughs> so would you like another bit of trivia time is the trivia worth the time i need to get my fart sound ready <laughs> no i wouldn't do that uh, are you like uh, um, it's only hang funny on. the first time hang on let me brew one up <laughs> i'm one of those people that just is it's one and done i'm not gonna keep yeah. doing the joke i'm not i'm not i'm not milking the joke <laughs> so this is this is something that i think you might find interesting because you looked away at this scene you're like oh god no I don't want to watch it and it like pans away at the point where yeah, so I didn't, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but you still had a little bit of a moment because I couldn't remember what he did I thought it was something to do with a fingernail or something or finger and I was like Ugh. yeah I don't know what made you think that there must be something else yeah I don't know that's very strange but I don't know I don't know where Isn't you got that, that there from. must be another film that does that probably there probably. is because I've seen it I've blooming seen it 
Ooh, yeah, anything with fingernails. I can't remember what it was. That I have seen. I, I, I don't know what, again, don't ask me what film it is, but I have seen <laughs> some films where there's a torture where they do, where they put bamboo, like bamboo splinters uh, under fingernails. Uh, yeah, I think it was in some kind of, uh, you know, Asian uh, mobster gangster film, but that's apparently a, yeah, a torture. That's a, that's a yeah, torture. Yeah, because they torture bad. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you think you know what torture is, no. But, yeah, it was like uh, bamboo Ugh. splinters or something Ugh. under the fingernails, and then they, like, tap them in. Ah! It's like, yeah, it's nasty. It's nasty. <laughs> anyway, enough of that, because that's making people cringe. This bit of trivia time. Michael Madsen had difficulty filming the torture scenes due to his strong aversion to violence of any kind and was particularly reluctant when he was required to hit Kirk uh, I can't pronounce his name sorry, Kirk Boltz who was playing the cop Oh, okay. Yeah. when Boltz ad-libbed a line that his character had a child at home, Madsen who had just become a new father himself was so disturbed by the (laughs) idea of leaving a child fatherless that he almost couldn't finish the scene. This take made it into the movie, and in some versions of the film, you can clearly hear someone, possibly Quentin Tarantino himself, utter, oh, no, no, off screen. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he said it quite like that. I don't exactly imagine. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> I don't imagine Quentin Tarantino oh. going. Oh no. <laughs> I don't imagine Tarantino going, oh, no, no. <laughs> Ow, no, because he talks like this. Ow. Ow, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I think someone once recorded the amount of words per minute that Quentin Tarantino speaks at. What is it, like four? No, it's ridiculously fast. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, have you not seen how fast Tarantino not really. speaks? I just I see his face and imagine his voice, and I think it's something like what because his mouth's all like squashed like it is. No, he's now <laughs> oh, blood. I love blood. I've got forty thousand copies of blood. Is that how he talks like that? No, he no he talks <laughs> like ridiculously fast. He he's... no, but is that his voice though? Not really. <laughs> It looks like it was. No, voice. he talks a little bit like an excitable child. He's a little bit like this. So he keeps going and coming and coming, and he's talking a little bit. He talks like a hyperactive four-year-old. You know, he's a little bit like you're that. You're doing. You're kind of doing your Nicholas Cage. <laughs> is he a bit like that? No, my Nicholas Cage is. <laughs> oh yeah, no. He's a little bit more laid back. <laughs> he talks a little bit more. You know. Yeah, but he sounded like a high-pitched. I'm, I'm more of a treasure protector. <laughs> you know. Oh. Oh no. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> no, but no, because for Nick Cage it would be oh, oh no! <laughs> no, Nick, we just want you to deliver the line. Oh no, no! Right, I got it. Okay, all right. Oh no, no! <laughs> no, no, Nick, Nick, it's can a you little just bit. Say, can you you're just at say ten. Hello? Can you just say hello? Hello. <laughs> Can I get a room? <laughs> no, Nick, you're at like a 10. We need you down at like a 4. Okay, all right, all right. All right. Father! <laughs> Father! <laughs> it sounded like he's just come off of System of a Down. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like the stained guy. 
<laughs> the guy from Stained. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> oh man. Michael Madsen was probably my least favorite character. I actually really? No, I don't I'm not that I didn't like him, but just out of all of them, he wasn't like my favorite because I actually kind of felt like Harvey Cartel was right even though I knew he well I don't know if I knew yeah. he wasn't but that guy came in and said oh you know he went to jail for us he could have mm. shopped us basically mm. at any time but he didn't mm. um and so that makes you think oh maybe it was a maybe it was all right actually but I think that he was psycho he acted he, he psycho. played it like really it. Why? And yeah he, and because they got annoyed and said oh that doesn't add up when he said he was gonna pour gasoline all over him and then like light him on fire yeah like he actually was gonna do yeah that bit i believe yeah Yeah, he was gonna do that and he could see that the guy had gasoline like dripping all over him and so i I know he said that he didn't believe him when he said he was gonna shoot them when they came back but come on literally the guy is about to be burned alive yeah that is weird yeah there was something about what the way he acted in this that did come across being like really unhinged yeah. like the way he just stood there drinking a soda yeah watching this whole thing play out and doesn't really announce himself yeah weird you know yeah i thought he was weird i mean but maybe there could be something that he's been on he's been on the job a long time and he's obviously worked in those situations before yeah maybe he knew that tim roth was a cop maybe maybe yeah i mean that there's that there is that potential i hadn't actually thought about that because you don't really think about what he his character knows or doesn't know no at in that instance but he's just he's a hustler and i feel like he would i don't know i feel like he would know yeah i think if you've been in it before I think you could tell. What I will say is, when we were watching this film, I didn't expect to get so much exposition outside of the action. Like, as in well, flashbacks. Well, kind of was, but there wasn't a lot. It was just <clears> kind of showing you how they got involved in the job. That's what so I mean, yeah. So that you yeah. could see which one was the rat. Yeah. I kind of expected it to play out a little bit more within the single location of the warehouse. Oh, okay. And it was all going to be revealed through dialogue uh, exchange. Okay. You know, between like this person and this person would go into a room and have this discussion, and then one of them would go into a room and have uh, this discussion with this person, and it'd be like, well, hang on, I'm glad it wasn't something like that. doesn't add up here <laughs> because this person said this and this person said this. Mm. I thought it was going to be a little bit I'm more. I'm glad it wasn't like that. that. No, in a way, I'm glad as well, because I think that it would have got stale. Yeah, because I think that's sometimes why a lot of mafia films don't work or don't make the grade as as much as The Godfather has become something that people who even don't watch those types of films can say that they've seen and liked. Right, yes. Um, I think that's why a lot of them don't get to that position, because... It's a lot of sitting around and talking for no reason. Yeah. So, like, instead of these flashback things where you just quickly get ten minutes worth of story and background and you know that's why they're there and it's done, you actually have a half-an-hour conversation about whether this person got up that morning and put pants on or not. Yeah. And it's like, you don't need it. No. And it's boring. And that's why people can't be bothered, I think. And that's why I think that, you know... uh, Okay, 
mafia and mob films are not really my deal. No. They're not. But having seen The Godfather but this is a now... This isn't no, really anything super bad. But having seen The Godfather now, I can kind of be of the opinion that, like, I don't think mafia films get better than that. So, no, you know, why... <laughs> yeah, why would you bother watching any other one? Yeah, well, it's Apart not... from Godfather 2. Well, yeah, Which exactly. people say is yeah, better. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, I don't think it's why would you bother watching <laughs> other mafia films. If you like mafia films, great. But if it's not... Yeah, if it's something that you want to watch. Yeah. If it's an entirely different kind of mafia film, that's one thing. But if it's... If it's kind of like The Godfather, but not The Godfather, I'd rather just watch The Godfather. Yeah, exactly. And I get what you're saying with Reservoir Dogs as well, because even though it would have got stale after a while, you do get those moments of exposition behind them to bring you up to speed very quickly so that it doesn't get stale. What I will say, though, is that I think Mr. Blue and Mr. Brown kind of got shafted on the exposition front. (laughs) No, but that's okay, because Mr. Brown was him. So that's like yeah, yeah. That's so that's true. Being, he's you know. in his mind. He's like, well, I don't need to have a whole lot of exposition because. And apparently, I don't Mr. Need Blue to be. was actually the casting director, so they gave it to him because oh, he was really? just like a hangabout. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and that's some trivia that's worth the time. Well, this is my trivia. Thumbs up, this is everyone. This my trivia that's worth the time. Okay. Nobody saw what happened to him, and you don't know, and you just guess that he got killed. Mr. Blue. Yeah. Right. You don't know how. Okay. And then, what was it in the <laughs> in the video game? Oh yeah, you said in the video yeah. game well, that got released. Two thousand six or something. So it was like way after. Yeah. So like in two thousand six, the Reservoir Dogs video game came out, which I actually remember. <laughs> I actually remember. <laughs> and it's weird that I don't remember that. I remember. Yeah, I remember it. I'm pretty. I think I remember. I'm pretty sure I remember. What did that get released on? Oh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Oh my god. It's like the same, like you know, when you get a James Bond video. Yeah, game yeah, like yeah. I thought it was going to be like on Game Boy Advance or something. No. I don't know. Get a Reservoir Dogs <laughs> oh, Game Boy game. game. Boy Advance. That would have been amazing. Yeah, because I thought I remembered the front cover of it was like black and white and like I don't know. Yeah. He there was like an extra part of his story just in the video game where he ran to hide out in a cinema and then the police found him and shot him. So he did get killed, but it's just they had that bit extra on the video game for you, a bit of bonus. Yeah, I don't think you needed to see that. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think you needed to see though. someone hiding out in a cinema no, for a while and then eventually they probably getting found. It. No, <laughs> no. What are you gonna do? Rent out a cinema screen to, to, to shoot that in? Yeah, no, but maybe there were so that. many questions about what happened to him that they thought, oh, we'll put it in the video game, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many exposition questions about a background character that it warranted making a video game yeah. in order to explain it. I love it. Yeah, because they it. only tell you about the important people. Yeah. So, I've got one more bit of trivia for you. Okay which I think you're going to really like. And I think that this trivia is worth the time. Okay. And I almost, and I know that it's easy to say this after the fact, okay? So, you're just going to have to take my word on this. <laughs> okay. All right? So, you're just going to have to trust me. I know that you trust me all right, already. All right, okay. But I'm saying you're just going to have to trust me when I say I nearly pointed this out and said, I wonder if this is related to this. Okay. Here's the trivia. Mr. Blonde's, Michael Madsen's. Mads Mikkelsen. 
Yeah. <laughs> so before I get into this, don't you find it funny? You said, don't you find it funny that there that there's a Mads Mickelson and a Michael Madsen, but they've never, to our knowledge, I don't think they've been in a film together. Probably not. That'd be confusing. Because do you reckon that they're actually the same person pretending to be different actors? Yes. <laughs> what's your What's your name, Michael Madsen? Okay, and you need a. Uh, <laughs> but I but I moonlight as Mads Michaelson. All I could think of was to say it the other way around. <laughs> like he's just looking around and stuff. Uh, mine is red suitcase. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> He pronounced his name wrong once and everyone thought he was a different actor. He's like, I can make double the income. I can make different bookings. I can be a Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> do, Mike, do Michael Madsen stuff during the day. Mads Mickelson stuff Michael at night. Michael Madsen stuff during the day. What, like just going shopping and that? <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever Michael Madsen does in his off time. I don't know. I don't know what Michael Madsen's up to at the moment. I don't know, he's European, isn't he? Yeah, Mads Mickelson definitely is. Oh, see, I'm get, got confused. You got confused now. It's like, do Reservoir Dogs during the day? Do Hannibal at night? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He was good at that as well. He was. He was very good. But yeah, I just find that. He's I got find such that range. <laughs> so, uh, listeners, message us in if you think you have evidence that <laughs> Michael Madsen. <laughs> And Mads Mikkelsen well, like are actually the same. Are actually the same person. If you think you've got conclusive evidence that can prove that Michael Madsen and Mads Mikkelsen are in fact the same, one and the same, that no one has seen Michael Madsen and Mads Mikkelsen in the same room at the same time, it's like Batman and Bruce Wayne. No, but Wayne. you could say that about Ben Affleck. No one's seen Michael Madsen and Ben Affleck in the same room. They're not the same person. <laughs> no one's seen me. And Mads Mikkelsen in the same room, but we're not the same person. Well, okay, yeah, but that's because Mads Mikkelsen is. Uh, well, yeah, no. A man. I, well, I wasn't going to gender stereotype he's Johnny Depp now. then. Yeah, he's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> he is Johnny Depp now. Oh, he's that's a lot unpo- of different people. That's a that's gonna that's a whole other kettle of fish that I don't I don't even think we've got we time to. We can't talk about that. We can't talk about that because people get really upset about that. <laughs> Wow. All I can say is I am just not excited in the slight. I mean, it's rare that I get excited for a Harry Potter film. Oh, no. Like, I'm I'm not a Harry Potter I'm huge not watch fan. It. I really no. like Johnny Depp, and I didn't even really like the one that he was in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not... I wouldn't say that excited is the terminology I would use for well, a I am upset Harry Potter about film. Johnny Depp not being part of that franchise anymore because I think he was royally shafted. I... Also, will say that I don't think it was Mads Mikkelsen's fault. He was just no. taking on a job that he seemed was a good idea and yeah. that he would be good for. Yeah. So... And also, it has to be said, Mads Mikkelsen, not a terrible actor. He's In fact, really good. Polar opposite. <laughs> He's a really good actor. Yeah. So they've replaced one really good actor with another really good actor. It's yeah. just that they're not the same actor. No, well, <laughs> so that's what's people. That's what people are annoyed. Anyway, anyway, this trivia. Mr. Blonde's, Michael Madsen's, not Mads Mikkelsen's. Michael Madsen's. I just keep thinking that you're saying it wrong. <laughs> I think you mean Mads Mikkelsen. No, I do mean Michael no, Madsen. I am right, thank you. I am right in this instance. His real name is Vic Vega. Yeah. This is the same surname as Vince 
Vega from John John Travolta's character from Pulp Fiction, 1994. Tarantino has revealed that Vic and Vince are brothers. He also intended to do a prequel to both films called Double V Vega, which would star (laughs) the Vega brothers, but Madsen and Travolta eventually got too old to reprise their roles, (laughs) and Tarantino has since abandoned it. Hands up! Yay! Oh my god, I don't believe I got that. That's that's amazing. That's a great bit of trivia. That's, oh, that's I like that like because day. it had John Travolta in it. Yeah, well, any trivia has John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, I did notice the Vega thing, but I wasn't switched on enough to remember. Like, when he said, this is Vic Vega, in my head I went, oh yeah, I knew more about this film than I thought, because I knew his name. <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, I, I nearly... didn't think about it. No, because I nearly pointed out to you, like, oh, that's the same name as Vince Vega in Pulp Fiction. Wow, their family didn't turn out too great. No, <laughs> they both ended up getting shot a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and they both had pretty good hair. Yeah. Well, I could see yeah, them being related. Yeah. I would buy... <laughs> Do they don't look anything like each other. No. But, I mean, at this point, he was Nicolas Cage, so that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> I mean, he, he wasn't... That's why they don't look like each other. He wasn't Nicolas Cage. I mean, technically, Nicolas Cage was him. But, I what? mean, you know. Well, and he... had he, Nicolas Cage's face, uh, though. Yeah, he, yeah. That's... Didn't he? Yes. Yeah. He was... Was he inside Nicolas Cage or was Nicolas Cage inside him? Well, I don't... Hmm. Well, I don't know. I would buy Michael Madsen and Nicolas... Uh, not Nicolas Cage. I would buy Michael Madsen and John Travolta as brothers. I would no. buy that they were brothers. He's got to be a better actor first. Michael Madsen? <laughs> yeah. Or Mads Mikkelsen? No. No, Mads Mikkelsen is great. Yeah, he's yeah. good. I would like it if it was him. Although his accent would have been a bit off-putting. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. <laughs> no, I can I can buy them as brothers. Yeah. I would, with today's technology of de-aging them, I would watch a, I don't know, I'd I'd watch a forty five minute short film about them. Yeah, that's what it could be. That's like yeah, a that's true, an added bonus. They would have to look really young because they died when they were like twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd have to really. So they'd have to really. Them. Yeah, and that would be a bit. But weird. I mean, do you know the amount of fan films that make it onto YouTube? Yeah, somebody should like somebody probably written this. Like high production value. Yeah, I know. Fan films. Fan films. I watched one that of them. Now, yeah. <laughs> I've watched one of them. Watch one of them. I've I've seen some fan films on YouTube that probably had a higher production value than all of Reservoir Dogs, or a similar production value to all yeah, of Reservoir the, Dogs. The um, the only one that I've seen. What one was that? Yes. What fan it's film? Be a long game. <laughs> no, this is gonna get really long. What fan film um, was that? I can't even remember who the guy was now. Who's Frank Castle? Oh yeah, the Punisher one, yeah, right? Yeah, the Punisher one. Yeah, Dirty, Dirty Laundry. laundry. That was great. Laundry. That's the only one I've seen. I know that it's not a segment that we're gonna have recurring for every episode that we do, but pro tip of the <laughs> podcast: take some time if you're even a remotely small punisher fan 
Not small as in physical size. <laughs> if you even remotely are a Punisher fan, go and check out a short film called Dirty Laundry that has Thomas Jane reprising his role of the Punisher. It's a short film, and it's kind of an extension of the Thomas Jane Punisher movie it was good that though. he made. And it was great. But uh, yeah, I've seen... Same as that. There's like, one or, there's like two locations. I have seen some Star Wars fan films that have been put onto YouTube that are only like I don't know 20 minutes 25 minutes maybe Mm. and the production value that's gone into them is insane and I'm sort of watching them like why isn't this something that is canon in Star Wars now Oh. Why can't this don't be talk canon? About Star Wars canon? I mean, this that's a whole other thing. I laugh about canon. I don't like it when he thrins around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean He's spinning, don't like it. It's a stupid maneuver. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I think that there is an audience for a reprisal of this as a short film. And I think that there are mediums it could go out on where people would watch it and it would get the views. Yeah, probably. And it would get the money. It wouldn't even need to be high value. No, because a lot of people watch it on YouTube anyway. It would just have to be them as their younger selves doing a job, all right, and explaining why they eventually decided to go separate separate ways and do separate jobs. Because he went to prison. Well, yeah, he did go to prison for. They a while. might have been working together then. They might have. They, they may have been. But when was Pulp Fiction? What Pulp Fiction was nineteen ninety four. This was nineteen ninety two. Oh, so his brother was already dead. Well, I mean, if we're going off of the canonical timeline yeah, of when these got released, <laughs> okay, fine, cool, cool. Yeah. Then yeah. Because it makes sense. It also means that Bruce Willis exists in the Reservoir Dogs universe as well. <laughs> Him and his uh, stone-like acting. Oh, actually, it can't because Steve Buscemi. <laughs> what? You've had a realization. This is so funny. Okay. Because this is what. Oh, this is so funny. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> This is so funny. I'm quite excited about this. Okay. Um, you know, Steve Buscemi in Reservoir Dogs is the one that gets the diamonds. So he's the only one that actually knows where he put them because he got away with them. Right. Right. Yes. So he should have the diamonds now. Yes. And so if we're going. Well, he brought them back to the warehouse and then he walks out with them as well. Yeah, so he's got them. Yes, he still I mean. has them. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. got them. Yeah. He's. What did I say? You said that he, he was the only one that knew where they were. Oh, yeah, because he said. Yeah, he ran out of the diamond warehouse. Yes. Whatever. What are they called? um, Wholesalers. Yes. He ran out of the diamond wholesalers with them, stashed them somewhere, he said. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So at that point, he was the only one out of all of them that knew where they were. Right. So then he took them for himself. Then... (laughs) he And he goes on a massive rant about how he's like... 
oh, if you're a waitress, why don't you just get a better job if it's not enough money for you and all this, whatever. I don't tip because of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then if we go in, in the right order, yeah. gets to Pulp Fiction two years later, Steve Buscemi is now a waiter in the diner that John Travolta is working Oh <laughs> my God. I totally to forgot that as, he's like, in James that. Dean or something. <laughs> I forgot that he's in that. It's literally like 10, oh it's like my 10 God. minutes. It's like he comes up and takes the order and then leaves. It's like a five minute, just like quick. Yes. Because I was watching it and I was like, what the heck? That's Steve Buscemi. And then, That's right. Yeah. That's right. And my dad had to rewind it because he's seen the film so many times but didn't even notice. Because I suppose if you're not paying attention to that particular thing and he's got different hair. and Yeah, no, because it's so quick yeah, that he's in really it. Yeah, it's really quick. Oh my god! So yeah, because he, he can just be, be hiding waiter. out. Because he's got all of these diamonds, but doesn't know what to do with them. Doesn't know how to cash them in. The cops have seen his face. No, he has to pretend that he's someone else. So he's yeah. taking his mustache off. He's what? Per, what more perfect way of throwing people off the scent is like working in a job where you have to dress up like you're from the '50s, so nobody can really see who you are. That is amazing. <laughs> oh my And I bet he'd be so annoyed goodness. about people not tipping him as well. <laughs> <laughs> You've just bought a $5 milkshake. You can't tip me after that. <laughs> that uh, sorry, I don't tip. <laughs> wow. And that's, that's so funny. Brilliant. He was on the job that killed his brother. That, yes. Yes, and that, you wouldn't have even known. Honestly, Amber, I'm I'm not even joking. I think that might be one of the greatest movie character connections between films. That's even better than I mean, obviously something like this, uh, the connection with their last name, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, but that. But so I think if you're extending it, me off to this though. That might be one of the greatest connections I think anyone's come up with in recent in recent years. <laughs> that is that is pinnacle. <laughs> that is just okay, chef's the kiss. Why it got me so his character goes on like such a horrific rant about not tipping people, and then he ends up being a waiter. <laughs> That's, That's fantastic. That is great. I wonder if Quentin Tarantino thought about that. He must I, have, because he wrote that. He wrote the rant. Quentin Tarantino, if you're uh, if you're listening at the moment, we've got another potential idea for a short film for you. Which, um, we, if you really want to uh, contact us about it, then we're more than happy to sit down with you and we can talk rights and we can talk anything <laughs> like that. Just saying, you know, if you've been put onto this podcast well, he made the characters so we can't really take I mean <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Quentin Tarantino does a daily Google search of like <laughs> Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction let's see who's talking about this I'm today. not putting that on the internet no I I'm think you should I'm not writing that down on the internet because I people will steal should. my idea and then they'll say that they tell it first uh, I think we can I think we can <laughs> have a paper trail that leads back to us yeah this yeah this we're saying this absolutely it's 14th of February 2022 Happy Valentine's happy Day Valentine's Day and I am saying that I came up with this Yeah there we go Yeah 100% And you can hear how excited I was so I definitely came up with it Yeah <laughs> I'm excited for you <laughs> And then and then he goes to New York 
goes crazy, spends all the diamonds, blows all of his money, ends up being a homeless person on, in New York, and then runs into Adam Sandler with a trolley in Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It, it, all of Steve Buscemi's characters are actually <laughs> the, the exact same character because he's only ever referred to him as Mr. Pink in this so you never know what his real name is so who's to say? They do, they do say though, don't they? No, not his name Oh, I thought they did No Are you sure? I'm very sure it's only ever Harvey Keitel that you learn learn the uh, the name of Well, Vic his, Vega yeah. And Vic Vega and um, oh yeah no that was a lie yeah no you learn Tim Roth's character's name as well Frank or something Freddy oh, but that's Freddy. only in flashback scenes he never reveals it to anyone else no not to them no no so I like that I like that that's that's a brilliant connection you've made there hats yeah. off to you thanks Amber I, round I of feel, applause I feel like that applause sound should have been mine now it should have been I mean you can I mean if you don't want to do it for yourself, I'll do it is for you. Is there a you. better one? Maybe. I don't think there is, Vodka though. Martini. Shaken. <laughs> that definitely wasn't it. I thought it was... It looks like a glass, and I thought it was going to be ding, like cheers, for, oh. making a good, for making a good thing. Right. Hmm. Oh, no, that was weird. I don't know what that one was. <laughs> no, that one, that's two glasses. That was two glasses clinging together as well. That oh. was the picture. Oh, weird. Anyway, rubbish. That just sullied the good name of my connection now. I'll cut all of that out <laughs> so it still sounds no, like perfect. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> so you like hearing James Bond sometimes. Oh, that brings yeah. us back to Mads Mikkelsen. He was in that. Yeah, he was. So I reckon we should get a rating. And as we do every episode... The person that hasn't seen the film, which this time is both of us. Yeah. Embarrassingly enough Although you were going to try and me. find another way of saying that you'd seen it. No, I, I wasn't this time. <laughs> no. I wasn't. I was going to openly what? admit the only two parts of the film that I had seen and my cinema sin. I thought my biggest sin until this point was that I hadn't seen Godfather. But I think my real biggest sin is claiming that I'm a Tarantino fan. <laughs> and not watched Reservoir Dogs. And now it's out there in the world. Well, but will... now you've watched it, so it doesn't matter. Well, I've watched it now, but I'll never live down the fact no, that... No one's going to care now that you've seen it. Well, let's hope. It's too late now. <laughs> let's hope. But <laughs> yeah. Let's hope I don't get, like, angry letters no, smeared and written in blood, posted through, through my door, just calling me a fake fan. <laughs> so from what Tarantino. Because you... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's watching. He's, he's watching and listening to us. What did? Who was your favourite character? Who was my favourite character? I don't know. I don't know. I've got to say, I really liked Harvey Keitel. Yeah, me too. He I felt I felt so bad that Harvey Keitel put so much trust and faith in Tim Roth's I character. Know. I think it was kind of... And all he was trying to do was help him and yeah. protect him I and everything know, like I that. Know. And yeah, I feel like it was because... I'm not sure if he reminded him of himself when he first got in because he was kind of acting like maybe this was like his first big job like this. Yeah. And he reminded him of when he did his first job and because he was young and that sort of thing and he felt like he was responsible for him kind of because he was 
you know took yeah. him took him under his wing a little bit yeah it was a bit sad yeah he was my he was my fave yeah <laughs> i quite like it when you watch films <laughs> it's weird so like when you watch films from way back so obviously i was born in 92 i was two years old i don't remember what harvey Keitel looked like in 92 from no. being two obviously so i only know what he looks like now and when you see the actors and you've grown up with them being older because that's what you remember it's like watching your granddads have a little play about when you see the film now when they're young or something. It? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like watching your dad, like, oh, look at him there. Look, oh, he looks so young. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get that. I get that. It, it, it's, it's strange seeing them in, in a. I mean, obviously, this is just how time works. Well, yeah. I, and I, and I get that. Like, I'm not. I, I understand the concept of the passage of time. <laughs> And, you know, I myself am falling foul to it every day that passes. <laughs> every <know>. second, actually. <laughs> oh, God. It feels so old. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> let's give it a run. What's it going to be? Uh, but every, every time the rating changes, what is out of? Well, we both have to find one. We both have to find one. Do you want me to go first? No, because you might steal mine. Okay, well, what's yours going to be? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. Well, how let's, can I let's steal say, yours? Let's say it on three. One, One two, two, three. Oh. <laughs> what was yours? Tips. <laughs> I know you probably didn't hear it over. No, over I your did. Ear. I did. I like ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like ears. No, ear. Ear. Because he ear. Took, he's got one now. <laughs> yeah. He can't wear sunglasses for anything. I well. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, I know. I'd probably, I'd probably be grateful that someone shot me <laughs> after that. Oh yeah, he's dead. I yeah, if he can't, if he well, can't, I definitely wear can't wear sunglasses now. <laughs> I mean, the amount of the amount of time I have to spend wearing glasses. <laughs> he was wearing glasses. What am I going to do? Tape it to the side of my face? <laughs> he wasn't wearing glasses though. No. Oh, yeah. Well, he's dead now anyway. But he, I, it was really funny because I was watching an Only Fools and Horses episode today, hashtag classic, and <laughs> cool. um, Del Boy said it's about as much use as a man with one ear trying to wear sunglasses or something. <laughs> that's like that's topical. Like, I know. Topical. I like it. <laughs> Who knew that that would be something that I would watch later yeah. on? Yeah. So, what are you gonna give Reservoir Dogs? I don't know. I actually did really enjoy it. Yeah. Like, for, I mean, it, there wasn't to me there wasn't anything like that I thought was that funny. I didn't laugh. No, I don't think because <laughs> I don't think Quentin Tarantino is funny because he uses words and misogyny and racism that I don't find yeah humorous. No. <laughs> but I know it's kind of I guess it's of it the dated it dated the film very quickly. Well, no, because he still it? uses it now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So yes, that doesn't, yes, make, any, that doesn't yeah. make a difference. I think he just tries to show the nature of the characters that he writes. But, exactly. I mean, it, anyway. Um, so yeah, I really found it funny, but it was good. I was interested, and it seemed quite a short film, so I wasn't bored. No. There was a lot. There was a lot of stuff happening, which you kind of you didn't realize how quick it was going through everything. It's like fast paced, which is nice. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. This is a hard one. Um, I think it, I might give it four ears. I think. <laughs> Which is what? <laughs> I th who's got four of those? Just hanging around. I well, I think. Vic well, Vega had three. Oh, yeah. By the time he finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, a, he had an extra one just, you know, in his pocket. No, I agree. I agree. I think I'm going to give it four ears as well. You were going to give it tips. 
I was going <laughs> to give it tips, but I like ears a lot better. Oh. So yeah, I okay, am stealing your tips one. Tips makes you remember the Steve Buscemi story, and that's that's the- true. I'll I'll give it out of tips then. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, I think that while it's not high on my too not too high on my list of favorite Tarantino films because I kind of think back to all the other ones that he's done and I'm like oh actually I did really like this and I did really like this and I did really I kind of think did I like Reservoir Dogs more than these ones I really don't know because the great thing and the terrible thing in a way about Tarantino is that all of his films are so different from one another in a way I mean yeah they're still very like action oriented but what he does is he does a venture into a different genre for each film yeah yeah that's fair so it's it's very hard to kind of come up with one particular one yeah this and no but this and Pulp Fiction is quite similar this uh, I think the way that they the way that he differentiates it is that this is a heist movie and Pulp Fiction is uh, like a gangster yeah, movie yeah I mean it's just it's a similar kind of feel though isn't it is what I mean yeah it does have very similar feel I think that Pulp Fiction tells more multi-threaded stories that oh, yeah, come yeah, together yeah, yeah. which from a storytelling perspective yeah, but I really like he had more to do then he had more money and everything he did, <laughs> did. there is that I still really like Kill Bill mm. quite a lot. And I still really like Inglorious Bastards quite a lot. And I would say that those probably come very closely behind Pulp Fiction for me. I'm not going to sit here and write out an entire list in order no, of my favourite ones. But <laughs> is, there, I am is there a still... yawn sound on that? <laughs> oh, God, all right. I'll, I'll skip to the end now, shall I? <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, if you had to sit down and write the whole list. Oh, right, yeah, no. No, I'm going to give it... Uh, so I'm, I'm still going to give it four, though. Yeah, because I think if, if you were to say what would you give Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it would be out of five I would be saying ten still because sure. I really like that yeah um, and I did like Hateful Eight as well as a film but for different reasons but yeah but I liked it because it kind of kind of to me unfolded like a book almost so it was like yes. it was like I was reading a book it was very like methodical it's like this has happened and then this mm-hmm. has happened it's like not real time but you know the way you kind of go through a book is like quite I quite like linear type things yes so so that's why i enjoyed that because it was a different experience which was nice right so yeah i think four is pretty fair yeah and i was really excited because they had a once upon a time in hollywood book come out that was actually written by quentin tarantino the first novel we'd ever written and it was to tie in with the book i mean with the film yeah and i was so disappointed because i just couldn't read it (laughs) It was, oh, so, it was so boring. It's like he he'd saved up all of the dialogue from every film that he'd ever wanted to use but couldn't and put it in that book. And it was like, ugh. It kind of yawn. felt disjointed. It didn't talk, it didn't mention any of the parts, the good parts of the film. It just glossed over them as if it hardly ever happened. It's really weird. But anyway, yeah, I was disappointed. But mm, that's my hot take, Quentin Tarantino, if you're listening. If you're going to write another book, <laughs> that's don't another, make it like that. That's another pro tip that the... Uh... <laughs> Could he have got Stephen King to write the book? That would have been amazing. Oh, this is two things though that like people don't like Quentin Tarantino because of his misogyny and his 
racist slurs, right? right? They don't like that, and they call him out on it all the time. So but, as, but as you said, I don't think that's reflective of him as a person. I think that's no, reflective of the he characters still he writes. Have to use it, though. Like, doesn't have to. No, <laughs> you can get across those things in different ways. You but absolutely can. I do agree. Also, get annoyed at how Stephen King writes women and writes his description of women and things like that, and think that that's misogynistic and horrible so they're trying to boycott him it's like just let people enjoy reading how he writes and not worry about it just just shut up just let me like it if i want okay so if somebody like quentin tarantino got stephen king to write their book people would be really annoyed well yeah that's that's <laughs> that would annoy a lot of people i mean that's the two great tastes that taste great together that would annoy a lot of people yeah yeah so there we go but if you're listening both of those people yeah thank you i'm done <laughs> maybe i think i think that's the pairing that we should see just for me not for yeah, yeah yeah well even if one person loves it <laughs> job done you get 20 quid out of it at least yeah <laughs> there you go there's an easy 20 quid stephen king <laughs> So, there you have it. Reservoir Dogs, a surprising film that neither of us had seen, and I think it's a little bit more embarrassing for me, really. But I've owned up to my sins now. Reservoir Dogs gets four ears and four tips from us. But what do you all out there listening think? Do you think that Reservoir Dogs is on the lower end of the scale of... Quentin Tarantino's roster of films, or is it one of your favourites? Rothster. <laughs> I, I said it wrong first. No, time. I'm saying Tim Rothster. Rothster. Oh, <laughs> Tim Rothster of films. <laughs> Do you reckon that's what he calls his his back catalogue? <laughs> I'm just going to go into my Rothster. <laughs> oh God, I shouldn't be making I shouldn't be making jokes like this that we can spiral into when I try to outro sorry, the sorry, no it's no, it's not your fault. It's just there are so many directions I could have taken <laughs> that, and I just I have to resist the <laughs> urge now. I'm just going to go through my Rothstra. <laughs> Never heard any complaints before. <laughs> what do you all think of Tim Roth in this film? Do you think do you think he was a great character? Everyone loves Tim Everyone Roth. There loves isn't Tim anyone Roth. who doesn't like Everyone loves Tim Roth. What was your favourite Quentin Tarantino film? If it's not Reservoir Dogs, and if it's not Reservoir Dogs, where do you place it for Tarantino films? What other films would you like to see, well, not see, but listen to us dissect in the future? What classic film do you think would be a good one for us to look at, preferably that we haven't seen before, but obviously we're not too fussy about what defines a classic. If it's a classic to you, maybe suggest it to us and say why you think it's a classic film that we should be watching. All of these and more can be communicated to us through our social medias. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amber Inch. And make sure that you use the hashtag BTTRpod so that we know when we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if the listeners have liked this episode, what else should they go and do? Like, subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. Also follow at BTTR podcast on Instagram. Yeah, do that because we'll put up. Yeah, that's 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 right. <laughs> you looked a little quizzical then. No, that's absolutely right. <laughs> No, podcasts like this do rely a lot on word of mouth. So if you have enjoyed this episode, tell your friends, rate five stars. Don't 
get into any heist jobs with them that could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Instead, just, you know, recommend this podcast to them and maybe they'll be happy and not want to go and rob a diamond warehouse. Or listen oh. to this on your way. Yeah, listen to it on the way. And you know, have a few laughs. Yeah. You can, like, relax yourself before you have to get into it. It's good. Yeah, and then no one needs to go crazy and start shooting people. No, everyone's relaxed, having a good time. Everyone gets out alive. <laughs> But until our next episode, Amber, I've got a little bit of a, an, an itch in my ear. Here, can you see if if there's anything wrong with it? Oh, no, it's no, come no, off. No. Oh, 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 it's come off. Oh, the whole ear. Oh, no. Oh, how awkward. Oh.